0: Father, we rejoice and we thank you for the privilege of fellowship tonight. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I decree that everyone connected to the service tonight, grace and peace is multiplied to you today. Revelation knowledge rests upon you like never before. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. Your people built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus glorified. We decree that nobody connected to the service tonight leaves this place the same way they came. We give you praise and glory and we thank you, Lord, for answered prayer today. In Jesus' precious name and every believer says a powerful Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together tonight. I will understand. The word of his want to welcome everyone of you connected to the service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all the various live to the community right here in Aquai Bomb State. We're so glad to have everybody connected. Hey guys, invite some friends, you know you know, call some people, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Some good word is coming. Those of you online tag some people, invite some people, share the videos, create watch parties. Let's flood the blue marble planet with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. And for those of you connecting for the first time tonight, you get ready. The word is going to build you up and you will never be the same again. Make sure you grab your notebook, your pen, your Bible. Let's get into some serious Bible study tonight. You can be seated with your sweet smart self. Glory to God. All right, we've been looking at the two kinds of righteousness. Two kinds of righteousness. And it's been a series of teaching in the past few weeks. And I want to encourage those of you that have not been part of this teaching before now, try and look for the materials online on our page. there's a lot of it there on our Facebook page. And you may want to also write or call our office and reach out so you can order for the audio materials or the videos. It's so important that you follow the teachings so that you are enriched in your work with God. All right, turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. Brother Paul writes a letter to Timothy and he says to Timothy, a protege of his, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now the term in Christ, that term in Christ is to show you the light of the Bible. The light of the scriptures, the term in Christ. Remember that that term in Christ is referring to the Old Testament books of Genesis to Malachi. The Old Testament books Genesis to Malachi is referred to as the holy scriptures. Timothy did not know Matthew, Mark, Luke and John as books. And Timothy did not even know, you know, uh, all of those New Testament books when he was admonished by brother Paul that as a child he has already known the holy scriptures referring to Genesis to Malachi. So in other words, brother Paul is saying something very strong here to Timothy that the scriptures are understood in the light of Christ. That the scriptures are understood in the light of Christ. That's how you understand the scriptures. So he says to him, from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. That the holy scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation. Genesis to Malachi through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That is to say if you are Using any other paradigm or any other mirror or any other personality to understand the Bible, you will go into error. You cannot use any other paradigm in understanding the scriptures. That the scriptures are only made clear in the eye of Jesus Christ or through the binoculars of Christ. The only way the scriptures can be understood is to look at the scriptures in the light of Christ. Jesus himself had a Bible study. The only Bible study he had, actually, in Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Jesus' Bible study. You know the story, the background. He was walking on the way to Emmaus with two of his disciples. And they were talking about the event of the past three days. And they didn't understand what happened the past three days. So Jesus said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. That the prophets have spoken. Next verse. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Next verse. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. So even Jesus, his Bible study was from Moses, Genesis and all the prophets. Genesis to Malachi. He expounded the word diharmonia, interpreted like I taught you on Sunday. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. In other words, he focused his Bible understanding on his personality. The things concerning himself. Look at that Luke chapter 24, verse number 44. Luke 24, 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me next verse 45 then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures so when he expounded the scriptures to them concerning himself their understanding opened up for them to understand the scriptures in other words the understanding of the scriptures is found in how much you see the scriptures in the light of Christ the understanding of the scriptures is found in how much you see the scriptures in the light of Christ. It's just like when you have a book and they tell you the, the formula of the equation like mathematics, you know, is here. And then you, you now decide that in other words, you know, your, your, the, the formula to understanding the Bible is via the eyes of Christ. You know the book of First John chapter 5 verse 20 Pay attention First John chapter 5 verse 20 It says in First John chapter 5 verse 20 And we know that the Son of God is come And had given us an understanding That we might know him that is true That the mission of the coming of the Son of God Is to give us an understanding That we may know him that is true And we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. That is to say, we know that the mission of the coming of the son of God is to give us an understanding of God. So Jesus reveals God to us. And in the scriptures, it is the revelation of Jesus that unveils God to us. Even in the Old Testament, there's something called in Bible study, biographical study. Biographical study. That is, you must follow how many Old Testament men were given loud mention in the scriptures. You must follow how many Old Testament men were given loud mention in the scriptures. If you're doing a series, for example, on Elijah and Elisha, you will not find much information in the Epistles. Because Elijah and Elisha were hardly mentioned in the epistles. For example, Elijah was mentioned just about twice or three times at most. In Romans chapter 11 verse 2, which was a negative mention, interceding against Israel and was given a sobbing. In James chapter 5 verse 16, where Elijah prayed earnestly that it may not rain and he prayed again. Then the third mention is in Luke chapter 9 where Jesus rebuked them when they were saying shall we command fire to come down and consume them even as Elijah did. That's about the three or four times that Elijah is mentioned in the entire New Testament. Now, but you cannot do a series on Elijah in the New Testament because he wasn't a major subject. But you have people like Abraham. You have people like David. You have people like Moses. Those are fundamentals. And of course, Sarah Sarah as well. Of course, Jacob and Isaac, which were mentioned along with their father, Abraham. This is an intelligent way to study the Bible. So again, the way you understand the scriptures will be in the light of Christ. The way you understand the scriptures will be in the light of Christ. The key again is Luke 24, 25 to 27. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He didn't expound everything. He, there was a bias in Jesus' hermeneutics. There was a bias in Jesus' interpretation of the scriptures. The science of Jesus' interpretation of the scriptures was biased on his presence. Because the book is Jesus' book. John 5.39 says, "Search the scriptures, Jesus was talking to the Jews, For in them you think you have eternal life, But they are they which testify of me. So again the way you understand scriptures is in the light of Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15, brother Paul says to Timothy, you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Salvation is faith in Christ. I repeat Salvation is faith in Christ. I repeat one more time. Salvation is faith in Christ. Which means that faith in Christ unveils the mysteries of the Old Testament. Faith in Christ unveils the mysteries of the Old Testament. Look at John chapter 1 verse 45. The gospel of John chapter 1 verse number 45. Philip findeth Nathaniel. Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. We have found him not we have found it. We have found him we have not found it. So which means you go to the Bible to look for him. You go to the Bible to look for him. We have found him. You don't go to the Bible to look for it. You go to the Bible to look for him. We have found him. That's why we say that the Bible is Christocentric. That is, the Bible is Christ-focused, and the Bible is Christ-centered. The Bible is Christ-focused, and the Bible is Christ-centered. That must be your objective in Bible study. That is why it is called the word of God. Your objective in Bible study should be to unveil Christ. That is why the Bible is called the word of God. In John chapter 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The word word there is the word logos. The word logos. Logos means mindset. Logos means idea. Logos means purpose. So, that will mean that the understanding of the scriptures will be via the mindset, the idea, the intent, the plan, the design, or the program of God as revealed by Christ who is the word of God. So, Jesus is the logic of the scriptures. Jesus is the logic of the scriptures. Or, Jesus is the mindset of the scriptures. Meaning... You cannot understand the scriptures outside seeing the scriptures via the logic of jesus or via the mindset of jesus or looking at the scriptures in the light of christ the logos was with god and the logos was god the logic the mindset the idea or the intent behind the scriptures was with god the intent behind the scriptures was god or god was the logic Behind the intent or he was the intent behind the scriptures. And God revealed in the person of Christ. In the Bible, Matthew to Revelation. Please take note of these statistics very carefully. Because I'm going to ask you a few questions in a few minutes. Please pay attention to these statistics. In the Bible, in Matthew to Revelation. The word Christ. The word Christ is used 538 times. The word Christ is used 538 times. The word Christ. The word Lord. The word Lord is used 722 times. The word Lord is used 722 times. 75 to 80% of the word Lord is used for Jesus. Then the word Jesus is used 962 times. The word Jesus is used 962 times from Matthew to Revelation. Because you see, the language, we call it the New Testament. In Bible language, we call Matthew to Revelation New Testament. But technically, Matthew to Revelation is not New Testament. Of course, you know that the New Testament was a product of the shed blood of Jesus. You know that the New Testament only came into force after the testator died and rose from the dead. Which will mean that technically, the New Testament is Acts to Revelation. But for the purpose of these statistics, let's stick with Matthew to Revelation. The word Savior appears 20 times between Matthew and Revelation. Now, it shows you the emphasis of the epistles. What the epistles were written for. It shows you the emphasis of the epistles. Moses, for example, comes out only 80 times. In the entire New Testament, Matthew to Revelation, Moses comes out only 80 times. In the four gospels, of course, in the four gospels, predominantly 38 times. And then in the book of Acts, Moses comes up 19 times. And you know the reason why it's 19 times? Because the book of Acts was a growing New Testament church. It was still at its infant stages. So a lot of references were made to the law of Moses. Then please pay attention. In Romans, Moses is mentioned four times. In 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Moses is mentioned five times. None in Colossians. There's no mention of Moses in Colossians. There's no mention of Moses in Ephesians. There's no mention of Moses in Philippians. There's no mention of Moses in 1st and 2nd Timothy. There's no mention of Moses in Titus. There is none in Philemon. That means that the word Moses was not mentioned in the Pauline letters. The word Moses was not mentioned in the Pauline letters. Alright? Now, that is because Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus were written to non-Jewish audiences. They were written to non-Jewish audiences. In Hebrews, Moses was mentioned 11 times. In Jude, Moses was mentioned one time. In Revelation, one time. The word man, the word man was mentioned 550 times. The word man was mentioned 550 times. That means, the word Jesus Christ is being used more than the word man. The word Jesus Christ is being used in the Old Testament more than the word man. In the Old Testament, Moses is used 766 times in the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. And we know that they got the epistles from the Old Testament. The epistles were derived from the Old Testament. That means um, that they were not looking for Moses when the epistles were written. When the epistles were written, they were not looking for Moses. Hence, The epistles have only Moses mentioned a few times. But in the Old Testament, where the epistles were derived from, Moses was mentioned 766 times, which means that the epistles are not focused on the man called Moses. Abraham was used, you know, 79 times in the Old Testament. David 59 times elijah 29 times so now pay attention the interesting thing is this elijah is not mentioned at all in the epistles there's no mention of the word elijah in the entire epistles what about judas judas was mentioned 20 times in the four gospels, of course, you know why. 20 times in the book of Acts, five times, and you know some churches, their message always is Judas, don't be a Judas, don't be a Judas. But it's instructive to know that even in the four gospels, he was only mentioned 20 times in the book of Acts, five times. In the book of Acts, five times, mentioned in Acts chapter 1, verse 13. Acts 1, 13. Then in Acts chapter 5, verse 37. Acts chapter 9 verse 11, Acts chapter 15 verse 22, and Acts chapter 15 verse 32. The Judas mentioned there is not Judas Iscariot, it's some other Judas. Now, if you observe carefully, all through the New Testament, the word Judas is only mentioned a few times. So, they, that should instruct us that the diet of the church is Jesus. The diet of the church is Jesus. Jesus is mentioned many times in the New Testament. Christ, 538 times. Christ, Lord, 722 times. Jesus, 962 times. Savior, 20 times. Moses, 80 times. Mostly in the book of Acts and in the gospel which are historical accounts. The person that shines the light of scriptures, the person that shines the light of scriptures for you is Christ Jesus. The person that shines the light of scriptures for you is Christ Jesus. So the key to the scriptures is Christ. The key to the scriptures is Christ. Look at John chapter 1 verse 17. Pay attention. John chapter 1 verse number 17. The gospel of John chapter 1 verse number 17. For the law was given by Moses. For the law was given by Moses. Pay attention. But grace which is truth. Grace and truth. Came by Jesus Christ. That word "andia" is the rule of Bible interpretation which means it is explanatory. But grace which is truth came by Jesus Christ. So Moses is a personality we identify with the law. The first rule of Bible study like I taught you on Sunday is observation. The first rule of Bible study is observation because what you do not observe, you cannot interpret. What you do not observe, you cannot interpret. You can only interpret what you observe. So we must be careful not to allow our emotions not to allow our opinions to come into our study of the scriptures. We must be careful not to allow our emotions, not to allow our opinions to come into our study of the scriptures. You can have a mindset, but do not let your mindset come into your Bible study. Because once you put your mindset in Bible study, you are no more doing exegesis. You are doing insidious. Insidious Is you using the Bible to support your personal opinion? Is you making the Bible say what you want it to say? Exegesis is is you allowing the Bible to talk to you what the intent of the mind of the author is. Is you allowing the scriptures to speak to you what the intent of the author is? Remember, on Sunday I told you that the Bible can never mean today what it never meant when it was first written. That the Bible can never mean today what it never meant when it was first written. Meaning that circumstances and situations don't change the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is consistently, constantly, constant. And the message of the Bible is the revelation of a person. The revelation of a person. You didn't hear me. The message of the Bible is the revelation of a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. So, you must take note of that. That's very, very important. Reading is the first thing to do in Bible study. Reading is the first thing to do in Bible study. What do you read? You read so you can capture details. You read so you can capture details. Please, this is very important. You read so you can capture the details. Everything we have seen so far is Christ. Christ concentrate. The Bible is Christ concentrate. It's not Moses. The Bible is Christ concentrate. So, before even getting into context, just by reading the Bible, you will have noticed that the less emphasis of the Bible, there is less emphasis on Elijah. There is less emphasis on Elijah. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Mm-mm. That is not the message of the Bible. There is less emphasis on Elijah. There is less emphasis on Elijah. There is less emphasis on Moses. There is less emphasis on Abraham. There is less emphasis on Isaac. Then you should have known just by reading the Bible, what the Bible was given for. And this comes by reading. This comes by reading. That's why many times you will hear Jesus say to the Jews, in in, indicting them, Have you not read... Have you not heard, every time you hear Jesus make statements like that. Have you not read, because reading and observing the details, you will know what the Bible is for. Just reading and observing the details. Furthermore, in your study, there is what we call contextual study. There is what we call contextual study in Bible study. Please pay attention. There is what we call contextual study in Bible study. Contextual study means you will understand a verse with the surrounding verses. You will understand a verse with the surrounding verses. You will read the pretext. You will read the post text to understand the context. You, you will read the pretext. You will read the post text to understand the context. That is contextual study. And that is the safest way to study the scriptures and teach the scriptures. To understand a text of scripture with the surrounding verses. To understand a text of scriptures with the surrounding verses. That is, in the surrounding verses, you will also know, you will also know the corroboration. That is, you look out for other places. You look out for other places where the same statement or similar statement is also mentioned. That is, the surrounding verses. You also know corroboration, or you know how to corroborate. That is, you look out for other places where the same statements or similar statement is also mentioned. Please pay attention. So, like I said, in the Bible, in the study of scriptures and the teaching of scriptures, there is the place for contextual study, which is the safest method of Bible study and Bible teaching. For example, let's deal with the term forgiveness because this has been a monster in the body of Christ. The term forgiveness. And the scripture many times people use and i have answered this scripture over and over again. But today we're going to give it the final answer that, that you will use in helping me, me to answer other people. The book of First John chapter 1 verse 9. First John chapter 1 verse 9. Now, hold on a bit. Hold on. Look at me first. I remember when I got born again newly. What I was asked to do and I remember when I got born again newly. This was far back, far back in the early 80s. You know, we're talking about 81, 82, 1981, 82. I remember the first time I actually came to the altar to confess my sins was 1979. But I remember clearly the first time I really understood that Jesus died for me and was buried on my behalf was in 1980-81. But by then, I have come out to the altar many times to confess my sins. Because every Sunday back then, when they preached to us, they preached to us about, you know, judgment. If you're sinning, you will go to hell. Hell is very hot. Hell is burning. There are worms in hell. And they intimidated and scared life out of us. So I came out to the altar only God knows how many times. I must have come, come out of the to the altar over a hundred, if not two hundred times. Because I was almost on the altar every Sunday. I wasn't sure of anything else. Then I remember I used to ask us to confess all our sins. And then when I have confessed everything I can remember, because I, I'm not too sure, then I'll say, Father, but the ones I have committed, and the ones I have not committed. And I know some of you are smiling because you were in my shoes back in the days. Alright? So, even though in my heart, I didn't feel it was right, but I didn't know any better. So, even after confessing and confessing, there was still this, you know, doubt. I wasn't sure. There was not, no assurance because I wasn't sure I confessed everything. But that's all I knew. That's all I knew. And that is all I was taught. Now, so, we began to look at scriptures like 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. I remember that scripture was very, very prominent in the church world. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that verse wouldn't have been a problem if you read the text with the surrounding text. That verse of scripture wouldn't have been a problem if you read the text with the surrounding text. It wouldn't have been a problem if you read that text without isolating it, where the problem is, is where you isolate 1 John 1, nine and make it a standalone. Remember, I have said to you before that once you remove a verse of scripture out of his context, that scripture has no life. The life of any verse of scripture is as long as it remains within its context. As long as it remains within its context, it has life. So in the church world, we keep isolating that verse. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins. In fact, a man of God says that the biggest problem of the church today is not sin. The biggest problem of the church today is unconfessed sins. So preachers who preach like that do a disservice to you with that verse of scripture because isolating that verse of scripture is poisoning you. It's bringing to you corrupted diet because it is, it is, it is injustice. On Sunday, I said to you that a, a theologian said, and I agree with him absolutely, that men of God who isolate scriptures, men of God who isolate scriptures out of their context, are con men. They are con men. Because once you take it out of its context, you can make it say anything you want it to say. The reason is because within context, there is, a, there is a message it will deliver that is different from when you take it out of its context. So now, let's do some little exegesis here. Let's see what it couldn't have said. Let's look at two words used by John. The word forgive and the word forgiven, The word forgive. And the word forgiven, Forgive will be done. Forgiving has been done. And John used those two words. So let's see it. Forgive is an act. Forgiving is an act done. Forgive is an act. Forgiving is an act done. So let's get into the, this scripture again. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. Pay close attention. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Take note of the word forgive us sins. That word is a verb. It's a verb. Forgive. It's a verb. Forgive us our sins. Look at 1 John chapter 2 verse 1. Pay attention. First John chapter 2 verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you, that you sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Sin not, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now look at verse 2 carefully. First John chapter 2 verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only. But also for the sins of the whole world. But also for the sins of the whole world. Our sins and the sins of the whole world. One propitiation for both. Look at me. Our sins and the sins of the whole world. One propitiation for both of them. Pay attention. 1 John chapter 2 verse 12. 1 John chapter 2 verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Your sins are forgiven you. That that statement there is past tense. Your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Look at first John chapter 4 verse 10. First John chapter 4 verse 10. Hearing is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So he repeats in verse four, chapter four, verse 10, he repeats chapter two, verse two, the word propitiation. So let's deal with the text individually and together. Let's deal with that text individually and together. Let's go to the pretext of 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Pay attention. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleansed us from all sin. Take note of the word, their sin is singular. And that's the first mention of sin. And it says, all sin will be taken care of by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleansed us from all sin. Cleanse. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship. Walking in the light. Then look at verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That means the people in verse 8 are not walking in the light. Because verse 7 says, if we walk in the light, even as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And in the light... The blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. Then verse 8 now says, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, that means these people is talking about who deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Are those that are not walking in the light. Light means the truth is in us. Now look at First John chapter 2 verse 1. Stay with me. First John chapter 2 verse 1. My little children, these things write are unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. If we sin, we have an advocate. If we sin, we have an advocate. Look at First John chapter 3 verse 4. 1 John chapter 3 verse 4. Whosoever committed sin, transgressed also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Verse 5. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Next verse. Whosoever abided in him, sinneth not. Whosoever seen it had not seen him, nor or neither known him, had not seen him, neither known him. So sin is a transgression of the law. To take away our sin and in him is no sin. He was manifested to take away our sin, and in him is no sin now pay attention in that first John chapter 3 verse 9 first John chapter 3 verse 9 whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God now come back to verse 8 of that first John 3 verse 8 he that committed sin is of the devil he that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Pay attention. First John chapter 5 verse 16. We're looking at the entire context of John. First John chapter 5 verse 16. If any man see his brother sin a sin, Which is not unto death. He shall ask. And he shall give him life. For them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. 17. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. Next verse. 18. We know. We know. Glory to God. That whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. And that wicked one toucheth him not. In other words, John is letting you see that there is a sin unto death and a sin not unto death. So John makes a distinction. Alright? Now come back to so 1 John 3, 6. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 6. Whosoever abided in him, seen it not. Whosoever seen had not seen him, neither known him. Had not seen him, neither known him. So without much ado, he couldn't have been saying the same thing here with First John chapter 2, verse 1. Put it up for me. First John chapter 2 verse 1. Please pay close attention. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So he is saying that believers sin. That's what he's saying here. He is saying that believers sin. Now, there is no blanket application of the word sin. No blanket application of the word sin. In that letter, so sin is different in that context. Which means sin is sin even though sin is not sin. It is the context that will explain what he means by sin whenever you see the word sin. Now, so he says to you, believers sin. My little children, these things writer unto you that you see not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate. He's talking to believers. My little children, talking about brethren, talking about people in the faith. So believers do sin. All right now, please pay attention. In first John chapter 2, verse 12. First John chapter 2, verse 12. Pay attention. I write unto you, little children. Because your sins are forgiving you for His name's sake. For His name's sake. Your sins are forgiving you not because you confess. Your sins are forgiving you for His name's sake. If you couldn't sin, you wouldn't need forgiveness. If you couldn't sin, you wouldn't need forgiveness That is instructive. So it means the context of 1 John chapter 3 cannot be the context of 1 John chapter 2. Did you hear that? The context of 1 John chapter 3 cannot be the same context of 1 John chapter 2. So ask what sin is he talking about because sin is a general term for error, mistakes, mistakes. Is a general term, so you must say what error, what sin, or what mistakes. If you don't observe, if you don't observe, for example, traffic light, it's an error. If you don't pay your taxes to government, you have a business, you are making money, and you don't pay your tax, is an error. All right, if you go to your office where you work late. Is an error or an offense. So when you say sin, the question you want to ask is what sin is he referring to? Look at first John 3:6. Pay attention. First John 3:6. First John 3:6. Whosoever abideth in him sinned not. Whosoever sinneth had not seen him, neither known him, neither Known him, First John 5:18. First John 5:18. We know that whosoever is born of God sineth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And that wicked one toucheth him not. Now let's look at sins in First 1 John 1, 1.9 again. Remember, we are doing exegesis on 1 John 1, 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So every time he uses the word sin in singular term, he is specific from what we studied, so there is specific error he is referring to. There is specific error John is referring to. Watch this: First John two two. First John two two. He is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Look at first John three: five. First John three five. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. So what he's saying is he took away our sins. Jesus took away our sins. First John chapter four verse 10. First John chapter 4 verse 10 hearing is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins so we are dealing with two different things at different times here First John 1 9 First John 1 verse 9. Put it up for me. First John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at me, everybody. If I read that verse normally, it will come out as if we confess our wrongdoings, which is actually the way the church has read it. Just admit your sins. You know? It's the idea people have all over. Just stand up, Father. I have stolen. I have lied. I have cheated. I have backbited. I have fornicated. I have stolen somebody's property. Thank you. I confess my sin. Forgive me. That's the idea many people have of that word confess. Now let's look at the word confess because sometimes when you don't do grammatical study of words in context, you can make a fool of yourself in Bible interpretation, of in Bible teaching. So let's look at the word confess and see what confess is. Please pay attention now. 1 John chapter 2 verse 23 1 John chapter 2 verse 23 Whosoever denied the son the same had not the father, but he that acknowledged the son had the father also. The word acknowledged there is confess. He that confessed the son has the father also. He that confessed the son. He that confessed the son. Take note of that. First John chapter 4 verse 2. First John chapter 4 verse 2 hereby know ye the spirit of God every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God every spirit that confesseth so two things acknowledge the son or confess the son number two confess the son and there are those that confess the son not Look at 1st John chapter 4 verse 15. We are dealing with the word confess. 1st John 4 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. He that confess that Jesus is the son of God. Look at 2nd John chapter 1 verse 7. 2nd John is chapter 1 verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Simple test. I have read confess in First John one nine. Confess. First John two twenty-three. Confess, First John four two. Confess, First John four three. Confess, First John four fifteen. Confess, Second John one seven. What is the common denominator there? What is the common denominator in all of these places I read? Confess, hmm? Christ. Yes, the common denominator there is Christ. Now, so. 1 John 1 9 will be settled. The common denominator to confess is Christ. Alright? So that settles us very cheaply. So if we confess our sins, or if we confess he is faithful, if we confess he is faithful, are we confessing our sin? Or what he will do about the sin? Are we confessing our sin? Or what he, H-E, will do about the sin? Now because the focus in First John 1, 9 is he is faithful. He is just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. So what is the word confess? What is the word confess? The word confess is the Greek word homologio. The word confess is the Greek word homologio. The word homologio means to praise, to celebrate, or to acknowledge. The word homologio means to praise, to celebrate, or to acknowledge. It is never used to admit a wrong. The word confess is never used to admit a wrong. Confess means to celebrate, to praise, or to acknowledge. It is never used to admit a fault. Never. So, let's read it properly. If we celebrate our sins, if we praise our sins, or if we acknowledge our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins? No. That wouldn't be right. So, what will it be like? If we celebrate him, if we acknowledge him, if we we acknowledge him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Notice, the virtues we are to acknowledge. The virtues we are to acknowledge is that he is faithful and just. He is faithful and just. So what is in my confession? Jesus Christ. What am I to confess? Jesus Christ. Not false. If we confess our sins, he he our sins if we confess our sins he our sins is faithful and just our sins is a he he so my confession is it sin or Jesus Christ Jesus Christ why did I say that hold on a minute 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 pay attention 2nd Corinthians 521 for he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin so who is my sin him he had made him look at me he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin so what are we to confess? Him. Who is him? Our sins. And when we confess or praise or acknowledge him, what does acknowledging or praising do? He is faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. Stay with me. So what Jesus Christ has done about sin is what we acknowledge. We acknowledge what Jesus Christ has done about sin. Because he told you in 1 John 1.7, which is the pretext. Put it up. 1 John 1, seven. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. What cleanseth us from sin? Is it the confession or the blood? The blood. The blood cleanseth us from sin. So, what does the confession do? The confession celebrates what he has done. The confession acknowledges what Christ has done notice the word homologio confess homologio is used 26 times the word homologio or the word confess is used 26 times in the new testament let's look at them Matthew 7 23 pay attention Matthew 7 23 And then will I profess or confess unto them. I never knew you. Depart from me. You that walk iniquity. Please pay attention. Matthew 10.32 Matthew 10.32 Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men. Or whosoever therefore shall homologio me. Or shall acknowledge me. Or shall praise me before men. Him will I praise or acknowledge also before my father which is in heaven. Him will I speak of praise or acknowledge. Look at Matthew 14:7. Matthew 14:7. Whereupon he promised with an oath. The word oath there is the word acknowledge. He promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. Look at Luke chapter 12 verse 8. Luke chapter 12 verse number 8. Also, I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me, confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. Look at John chapter 1 verse 20. John chapter 1 verse 20. Please pay attention. And he confessed and denied not but confessed, I am not the Christ. Next verse, twenty-one. And they asked him, "What then? Art thou Elias?" And he saith, "I am not." Art thou that prophet? And he answered, "No." John nine twenty-two. John nine twenty-two. John nine twenty-two. This word spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already. That if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogues. If any man confess or acknowledge that he is the Christ. Look at John 12:42, John 12:42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogues. They did not acknowledge him, they did not celebrate him. Acts 7 17. Acts 7.17. Stay with me. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage. Acts 7.17. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God has sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Acts twenty three, eight. Computer man be careful. Acts 23 8 a lot of scriptures good for your health for the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection neither angel nor spirit but the Pharisees confess both they acknowledge both they confess both Acts 24 14 Acts 24 14 but this I confess unto thee that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, confess look at the epistles Romans chapter 10 verse 9 Romans chapter 10 verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus if thou shalt acknowledge if thou shalt praise with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shall be saved. Thou shall be saved. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. We're looking at the word confess in the epistles. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and has professed, confessed a good profession before many witnesses. Hebrews 11.13 Hebrews 11.13 Hebrews 11.13 These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews 13.15 A lot of scriptures good for your spiritual health. Hebrews 13.15 By him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks or confessing his name or acknowledging his name or celebrating his name. First John 1.9 First John 1.9 If we confess our sins He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 2.23 First John 2.23 Whosoever denieth the Son the same hath not the Father but he that acknowledgeth or confesseth or present the Son had the Father also. 1 John 4 verse 2 and 3. 1 John 4 verse 2 and 3. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that. Spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. First John 4:15. Pay attention. First John 4:15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and him in God. Second John verse 7. Second John Verse seven is only one chapter. Second John, verse seven. For many deceivers are entered into the world. Whoso confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. So far, the focus on confession is Jesus. From Matthew down, The focus on confession is Jesus. So your confession of 1st John chapter 1 verse 9 should be Jesus. If we confess Jesus, he is faithful and just. If we confess Jesus, if we acknowledge Jesus, if we celebrate Jesus. So to acknowledge or celebrate It's not an event. It's a person. The confession is a person. We confess Jesus, our sin bearer. Our sin bearer is our sins. So we confess Jesus is confessing our sins. Or acknowledging or praising our sin bearer. When we do that, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all our righteousness. What event are we celebrating? First John chapter two, verse two. First John two. two. This is what we are celebrating the event. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only. But also for the sins of the whole world, he is the propitiation. That is what we're celebrating. Look at first John chapter four, verse ten. He is the propitiation for our sins. First John four ten. Hearing is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. To be the propitiation for our sins. So our confession of 1 John 1.9 is in verse 7. That his blood cleanses us from all sin. Many folks have the mindset of giving, you know, of going to the reverend father to confess sin. Father, I have come. Father, I have come. To confess my wrongdoings. But you know something interesting. Coronavirus showed up. The Pope in Rome said. Roman Catholics don't have to come to the church. To confess anymore to the reverend father. They should stay at home and confess to God directly. So if they could have been confessing to God directly. Why did you punish them all these years to be coming. To see the reverend father for confession. Because God doesn't have double standards. The Pope in Rome said at the Vatican that the Catholics don't have to come to come and confess anymore. They should confess to God directly in their homes. Did you see that? Anyway, that's not the subject for today. The point we're making is confess here is not a confession of wrongdoings. It's a confession of our sin bearer. The reason is people have been reading that verse in isolation so they have been making that verse say what the verse is not saying what it means basically is if you confess what Jesus Christ has done concerning sins if you confess what Jesus Christ has done concerning sins he is faithful and just to forgive look at verse 12 of 1 John chapter 2 First John chapter 2 verse 12. I write unto you little children. Because your sins are forgiven you. For his name's sake. Your sins are forgiven you. Not for admitting it. Look at me. Not for admitting it. But for his name's sake. So our confession is a celebration or an acknowledgement of what Christ has done where sins are concerned. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So, our confession is acknowledging the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins by the sacrifice of his blood. Stay with me. Stay with me. So, 1 John 1, 9 and Romans 10 9 are they the same thing look at Romans 10 9 Romans 10 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved it's the same thing 1 John 1 9 and Romans 10 9 are saying the same thing because 1 John 1.9 is just a one-time confession of Jesus. Just like Romans 10.9. You confess Christ, your sin bearer, he forgives you your sin, you're born again. It's the same thing. So that confession is a positive confession about what Jesus Christ has done for sins. How did we get there? We looked at the surrounding scriptures. First John chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. We looked at the entire context and saw what he meant by confession. Then we looked at the grammar. Then we looked at where the word confess has been used in the corroboration throughout the New Testament. Then we zeroed it in to apply to 1 John 1, nine. Sound exegesis. Sound exegesis. Every time he talked about the believer, he always said the believer is forgiven. Let's look at the word propitiation. The word propitiation. 1 John 4 10. Pay attention. 1 John 4 10. Hearing his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The word propitiation is the Greek word hilasmos. Hilasmos. Hilasmos is spelled as h i l a s m o s. Hilasmos it's taken from Hilaskomai. is taken from hilas koma. Hilasmos is taken from hilas koma. is spelled as h i l a s K A M O A I. Hilas Comai. Hilasmos is the noun. Hilas Comai is the verb. Is the verb. Hilasmos is the noun. Hilas comai is the verb. The verb will let you know what the noun is. The verb will let you know what the noun is. Now the noun is in two places. Luke eighteen thirteen. Put it up. Luke eighteen thirteen. 13, propitiation. And the publican standing afar off, will not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breath, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me. He las That is, show me favor. He las means show me favor. Propitiation is Propitiation, he lascomai, show me favor or make favor available to me. That same word is used in Hebrews 2, 17. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. A merciful and faithful high priest. In things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Reconciliation for the sins of the people. Now, what is propitiation for sins? Is the word Hilas to give favor, to show favor, to show grace. Why is sin forgiven? Why is sin forgiven? Forgiveness of sin is not a response to your action. Forgiveness of sin is not God's response to your action. Rather, your confession is a response to his favor. Your confession of Jesus is a response to his favor. So your confession is to celebrate what he has done. Your confession Is to celebrate what Jesus has done. Your confession is not what does the job. What does the job is what he has done. What does the job is what Jesus has done. So your confession is your own response. What will be your own response? For example. If you destroyed your car. And then I came to you. And I replaced your engine. Maybe you knocked the engine of your car. And I brought a brand new engine and replaced it. You didn't ask me. If I tell you I have fixed your engine. Do you start telling me I confess. I didn't put engine oil. I didn't put water. That is why the engine knocked. Oh, I am sorry for knocking the engine. You don't do that. You just say thank you for fixing my car back. That is the confession. The confession you make concerning sin is to respond to what Jesus has done in acknowledging and celebrating him as your sin bearer. You respond that way. That response is homologio. Homologio. You acknowledge what he has, has been done by Jesus through the sacrifice of himself. So in 1 John 1.9, it's not a continual repetition of deeds done. Rather, it is what is done once in acknowledgement of the sacrifice of Jesus. That is why the word confess Christ is used by the same author as to acknowledge, to celebrate Jesus Christ. So, if we is suggestive of what we do before we are saved if we, that is before we are saved, if we confess what Jesus has done, he, Jesus, our sin bearer, is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, was Paul writing about how we get saved or about himself? Of course, he was writing about how we get saved. Same thing John was saying. How we get saved by confessing our sin bearer. When we confess Jesus as the bearer of our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive. Now when it comes to the believer's sins, he now says, we have an advocate. So the advocacy of Jesus is for the believer. 1 John 1, 9 for the unsaved. 1 John 1.9, for the unsaved. 1 John 2.1, for the saved. 1 John 2.2, for the saved and the unsaved. Confess, sin, unbeliever. Sins are forgiven, believer. So your response for what he has done for sins is to acknowledge and celebrate him. You are not to celebrate sin. You are to celebrate the sin cure. You are to celebrate the sin eater. You are to celebrate the one who took away your sin by the sacrifice of himself. So the sin cure is his propitiation. He has taken away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That will be our confession. So it should never have been an issue at all if we had read and studied the scripture properly look at these few scriptures as a roundup. Ephesians 1 7 pay attention quickly Ephesians 1 7 Ephesians in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace not according to our confession According to the riches of his grace. Look at Colossians 1.14. Colossians 1.14. Colossians 1.14. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1.20. Colossians 1.20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say... Whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Next verse, 21. And you, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled, 22, you will love this, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Somebody say very loud with me. I am holy. I am unblameable. I am unreprovable in his sight. Because of the blood of his cross. Look at Colossians 2.11. Colossians 2.11. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Twelve. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the oppression of God who has raised him from the dead. Next verse. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven, forgiven, Forgiving you all trespasses. Alright? Look at verse 14 now. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Look at Hebrews eight twelve. Hebrews eight twelve. For I will be merciful, I will be merciful. To their unrighteousness. And their sins and iniquities. Will I remember again? No more. In the New Testament. This is what he says. Miminesco. I won't count it. Miminesco. I won't count it is the Greek. I will not remember. I won't count it against you. Look at Hebrews ten ten to 14. Glory! Hebrews 10, 10 to 14. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. 11. And every priest standed daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Next verse. But this man, glory! But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, for sins forever sat down not because he was tired but because he has finished everything about sins sat down on the right hand of God next verse from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool next verse for by one offering glory hath he perfected forever them that are sanctified So, the sacrifice of Jesus is what we celebrate. We celebrate, we acknowledge the sacrifice of Jesus. That is our confession. That is our confession. So, in interpreting the text of scripture, you must check well. It's called observation. That is why Bible study, reading is key. I am reading a lot for you. Reading is anaginoscope. Anaginosco, reading. Use 32 times. Read it. Read it again. Remember, don't isolate any verse. Don't isolate any verse. That is the problem of 1 John 1, nine. It was isolated. If the people that isolated had read it in context, there would have been no problem ever. It was written among all other scriptures. And if you read it well, you will find out that that verse is asking you to acknowledge what the sin bearer, what the sin cure, and what the sin eater has done. And when you acknowledge what he has done, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The believer in Jesus is forgiven. The believer in Jesus has no sin. The believer in Jesus Is the righteousness of God. The believer in Jesus is sanctified. The believer in Jesus is holy. Both he that sanctified and they that are sanctified are all of one. For which cause? He's not ashamed to call them brethren. Glory! You are the sanctified. Stand on your feet. Let's pray tonight. Father, I pray for everyone. under the sound of my voice. I call you what the scriptures call you. I call you who you are in Christ. You are righteous. You are sanctified. You are holy. You are accepted in the beloved. You are justified. You are bold. You are complete in him. You are complete in Christ, the head of all principalities and powers. I take authority over the consciousness of sin. I break the hold of the enemy. I silence the mouth of accusation. I declare your conscience purged from dead works you stand justified. I rebuke sickness. I rebuke disease. I rebuke sin out of your life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you, Father, for freedom. Thank you, Father, for the blood. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Glory. Now listen quickly. All of you listening on XLFM. Tomorrow, we are continuing this service. Tomorrow, Thursday at 5pm GMT plus one, not on radio. It will be on my Facebook page. If you want to join us tomorrow, you have to check for my Facebook page. It is at Abel Damina. At Abel Damina. Public figure. No reverend, no doctor, no bishop. Just Abel Damina. It's a public figure page. There are over 600,000 people on that page. That is the page. At 5 p.m., GMT plus one, I'll be live and you can join the service tomorrow. But we love you guys. I'll be live again on radio on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. GMT plus one. But we have another service on that Sunday, 8 a.m. GMT plus one on my Facebook page. You don't want to miss what God is doing right here in the building. All of you on radio, make sure you send an offering to the pastor of your church. And if I'm the only pastor you have right now, Make sure you send your offering to me today. You know, celebrating what we're doing. Our house centers, make sure you give your offerings. We love you guys. Getting ready to sign off. Everybody else, grab your offerings tonight. I want to pray over them. And those of you on Radio FM, XL FM, you'll be giving phone numbers to call for counseling, prayer, and for other details and information right now. Everybody else, grab your offering online, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Kingdom Life Network, campuses, house centers, grab your offerings. Let's honor Jesus and honor the labor of his word and make our resources available so that this message continues to spread all over the bloomable planet. Like I announced, Friends, we we'll have another Bible study tomorrow. You're not excited. You're not excited. Show me some excitement. I'm hearing you in the spirit, in the houses, in the centers. We're going to have another Bible study tomorrow at 5 p.m. GMT plus 1. Then after tomorrow, it will be Sunday. I am trying to complete the series. And the two kinds of righteousness. So we can move into something else. The Holy Ghost wants me to teach you. I'm so excited we're having a great time in this period of lockdown. Teaching, teaching, teaching. And you have no excuse, my friend. Study, study, study. Stuff, store a lot of food inside. Because when the lockdown is over, a lot of people are going to run to you with questions. They want to know God more. So I'm excited grab your offerings, everybody, and I want to thank those of you that have been giving, you know, investing into this ministry, giving your offerings tirelessly because you believe in this vision. Together, we are making a difference in this world, and when we see Jesus, he will tell you thank you and well done for making your resources available, which brought the gospel to so and so to this group of people. Lift up your offerings wherever you are. I want to pray over them tonight. Father, thank you for the privilege of giving. Everyone giving in our house centers, campuses, online on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all those giving from Kingdom Life Network. Lord, your people are willing and obedient. Our hearts are steered up. Our resources have no value where you're concerned. We keep not our resources from you. We and all that we have, we belong to you. You are our Lord. So we worship you with our offerings. We worship you with our givings and we thank you for grace and favor and mercy. Thank you for opportunities that you make available for us to make money. We give you praise that our monies worship and serve your purpose on the earth. Thank you, Lord. Now I pray for everyone giving tonight. Every need of yours is met supernaturally right now. Every need met in the name of Jesus. I decree that Every door you've been expecting to open is opened for you. Receive favors, ideas, concepts, insights. Receive relationships that would add value to your life. And I command the devil, take your hands off the resources of God's people. Every need met supernaturally. Every need met supernaturally. I thank you, Father, for answered prayer. Thank you, Lord, for great grace that is upon your people. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Woo! Glory to God. Tomorrow, 5 p.m., GMT plus one, we will continue with Bible study, teaching you how to study the Bible as it regards the two kinds of righteousness so you can be an effective leader, an effective teacher of God's word. We love you guys. Our house centers, your house pastors, will tell you what to do with your offerings and how to meet again tomorrow. All our campuses, we live in the able house of our campus coordinators. My online community help me share the messages. Tag more people. Invite more people to be part of tomorrow 5 p.m. GMT plus one. We love you guys. Always a joy to share with you the word of his grace. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve you. The grace of God. Looking forward to connecting with everybody tomorrow again. And until then, enjoy the rest of your day. And be blessed. Amen. Glory. Amen. Praise God.